We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. If it's a prescription, that means that there's medicine in it, right? Mm, not always. All right, so today we have Lauren Becks back on the show. We have um, we have her because we wanted to talk more about prescription diets. We've kind of touched on it um, in previous podcasts, but uh, we wanted to dive in a little bit. Stay tuned until the end of the episode where Anthony answers a customer's question. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. I wouldn't say they're becoming more and more popular, but there are a lot of people that feed their pets these prescription diets. I'm not really I sure why. I would say why. they're becoming more rampant. Is that is that the right word to use? Um, it feels like yeah. there's a prescription diet for everything out there these days. That's true. That's actually a really good point. I mean, if it, now they have prescription diets. I mean, it's for whatever ailments. You have breeds now. You have certain, they do a certain- After uh, surgery. After post-surgery. Uh, yeah, all yeah. kinds of, like for any kind of situation, now you have a a prescription food for, which mm-hmm. is weird. But so a couple things that I want to talk about first and foremost, and we've obviously, we've talked about this before, but I think it's important that people understand that Vets, you know, there there's some really great people out there, some really great veterinarians out there, um, and they're smart people. I mean, they learn a lot in college when they're getting their degree about physiology and microbiology, pathology, et cetera, et cetera. But as the Forever Dog states, the book, The Forever Dog, um, there's no ology for nutrition. Um, it's just brushed aside. Yeah. It's ignored. It's, there's no emphasis on it. Well, and and if, I will say, too, yeah. on the note, coming from somebody who almost – went to vet school. You know, I kind of decided last minute that I'm just not a good student. I couldn't imagine sitting in a classroom for the next several years of my life. Um, and the work-life balance isn't great. I know we talk about vets a lot and we talk about the, the shortcomings, especially in the nutritional field. Um, you don't go into veterinary medicine unless you're extremely passionate about animals and wanting to make them better. You know, the money's not sure. great. The work-life balance of being a vet is often really challenging, um, and it's a really hard field. So I do have a ton and ton, ton of respect for vets, and I wouldn't want anybody to think otherwise. Yeah, and I think it was, um, just when it comes to nutrition, I think sometimes that they should be referring to somebody who specializes in that. Yeah, I think we just missed a veterinarian appreciation day. It was like a couple of days ago. Um, mm. Shout out to Dr. Carlson, Dr. Loffman. Um, yeah, they're they're things. literally a different breed of veterinarians, so they are. Yep, um, the coolest. And so, anyways, in this, um, I kind of talked about it before, but in the Forever Dog, which if you haven't read it yet, it's a brand new book out by Dr. Uh, Karen Becker and Rodney Habib. 
um, about what you can do to kind of um, help increase the health span, longevity in your dog. And even for you, there's some really good stuff. But this book is its really popular right now. I think it's a New York Times bestseller. And I really think, I mean, I'm only halfway through, but I'm already like, this is going to turn the vet world over on its head. Yeah. Well, and I like how they talked about, you said, increase their health span. They compared lifespan to health span. And they talked about the fact that we spend like 30% of our lives sick. Yeah. The end of it and like in between, it ends up being like a huge chunk of our lives that we just fed in illness, especially with dogs. And we've accepted that as normal. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I thought that was a really great, you know, picture that they painted. Yeah. Well, when you think of it that way, like the health span, like the time that you're here and you're healthy <clears throat> and you're able and you feel good, you know, is, is what we yeah. want, right? Which is kind of what kind of ties into the topic today. You know, we obviously want foods that are going to support the body. But they say, but, sorry, before I moved on, the, the point I really wanted to make was they had this really awesome quote that really stuck out to me, um, just about, I guess, veterinarians and nutrition. But they say, they write, as with, uh, as with human medicine, veterinary medicine remains stuck in this age-old paradigm of managing disease and controlling symptoms rather than preventing its onset in the first instance, which is, mm. you know, nutrition, it's just, it's not, it's not emphasized in their, in their education and, um, I don't think it's important to most vets. I think that's a pretty fair statement, yeah. again, to most vets. But that's kind of why you and I are here, right? Like we're Yeah, well, and that's why I love Karen Becker specifically. She puts such a huge emphasis on proactive health care um, versus, you know, the standard that we've accepted now in the United States, specifically in Western medicine, is sick care. It's not health care. It's sick care. You don't. You know, what where they uh, they say in like China and over in the eastern countries, if you keep coming back to your doctor, it's like an insult because that means that they're doing something wrong. You know, they don't want to keep seeing you. They want to be able to treat you and send you out the door with the tools to manage disease before it manifests. Yeah, I think Dr. Carlson, had, yeah, he's the first one that said that to me. Was that over in China? I think he said yeah, they have like if you that get if you get episode. sick, yeah, if you get sick, you don't go back to your doctor because you you hold them responsible. They allow yeah. this to happen. They didn't they didn't prepare you, um, you know, to I guess fight. And I feel like disease. we've just kind of accepted now, especially with dogs. I'm like it's it's more common to meet a dog that has arthritis, allergies, um, some sort of chronic illness than it is to meet a dog who is just happy and healthy and existing and it's exhausting you know i feel like it's just an endless stream of pet owners trying to have healthy dogs but our world is not really setting them up for success and so then they're desperate and they end up at their vets asking for solutions yeah and that's where i think you know the vets can really excel i always tell people when they come to shop like i you know vets are great um people to go to if you know your dog is sick or something's happened and all you know all these ailments and disease I'm in the business of preventing that stuff from happening, right? So yeah. I think both you and I kind of do the same thing. We try to do as many yeah, things. Yeah, educating owners educate. to try to set them up with a way to, you know, promote the health rather than just prevent disease even. Right. So getting back to, I guess, veterinarians and, and pet food and prescription diets, I think it's really important, and I remember this reading the book by um, Amy Marshall, uh, why you should feed your dog raw food. Um, 
she points out that veterinary medicine was born out of the pet food industry. So the, the pet food industry was developed in 18, mm-hmm. 1895. 35 years later, veterinary medicine comes out of that. So you have to imagine yeah. the amount of influence they've had from the start. You could almost you could almost argue that they're responsible for veterinary medicine. And so I think that's something that you should always keep in the back of your mind um, when when we when we're talking about prescription diets and and I guess foods prescribed by vets. And it's interesting that it it couldn't have happened at a better time because um, all you have all these pet food companies that were competing with each other in different marketing tactics. But what better way to convince you that your pet needs, you know, a particular food than by targeting individuals that have influence over you, right? So specifically veterinarians. So if the vet says, feed this food, it'll help your dog. You don't even question it. You're going to trust them. Right. Yeah. And I think also we forget that you can choose your veterinarian. You can, and your human doctor, you can fire your veterinarian and you can get second opinions on things. But um, as compared to human medicine, I think we know less, pet owners know less about dogs. So they don't second guess any of that stuff. So yeah, if your vet tells you, hey, feed, uh, you know, this bland Hills pet food, you want a fix, you're going to do what they say. Yeah. Just across the board. And I know I've been, I don't want to say I've been the victim of that, but I've been working in veterinary clinics my whole life. Um, I've always been kind of holistically minded and, and knew to at least look at the ingredients and ask questions. But I, I've seen all sides of that. There's people that are desperate for a fix for their dogs. Um, and they trust the veterinarian that has fixed their dogs in the past and cats and guinea pigs and et cetera. So I understand, you know, how it's gotten to where it is. I was reading the the Dogs Naturally uh, article that we were talking about, and they said that veterinarians reportedly place 35 to 45% of their patients on prescription diet dog food, Um, which is a lot. I think it makes up for about 20% of their annual income. Oh, yeah. I I read a statistic of like more than one in three. So at least Mm -hmm. a third of animals in their life have been on prescription pet food. Um. Because it's, it's easy to do that when there's a prescription pet food for upset stomach. Like, who doesn't have an upset stomach every now and then? It's like how our body regulates stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for arthritis, it's just a part of aging. You know what I mean? But I get it. There's a lot of Band-Aids to slap on a lot of wounds. And I just think that they're overused. I think that they've built so much credo now that people have just accepted them as this, you know, normalcy. Yeah. And I think that's the, the acceptance is kind of what's happened. So that this, this whole lawsuit that has come out is actually a big lawsuit against these big, um, the manufacturer of these, uh, prescription diets because the health claims that they're making, well, they're not, they're not FDA approved. Um, the FDA practices, uh, enforcement discretion discretion um when it Mm -hmm. when it when we're talking about veterinarian diets so i guess in other words this it's not reviewed like these these claims aren't reviewed they're not verified health claims um you know so that's you know we're kind of well so so an example of that um 
I believe it was uh, Dee Dee from Raw Dog Food Truth is telling um, on her podcast about how they put on their website a benefit of fresh raw heart meat that was included in one of their formulas. Just saying like fresh raw heart meat is beneficial for, you know, such and such condition. And the FDA made them remove that statement because they were claiming to be able to treat or prevent or, you know, when there was no research behind that. Just like, well, I don't need to provide research to know that iron is good for, you know, heart health or, you know, muscle building. But these prescription dog foods on the point that you're going with are able to say, use prescription ID to heal and prevent gut inflammation. And they don't have to provide anything to back that up. They just say, no, 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 we got it. It's true. And the FDA says nothing to them. They yeah. can't double check them. They can't challenge it. Nothing. And these, it's, I, I feel like the, the word prescription shouldn't be allowed for these diets. Cause there's the, the big thing that this lawsuit is also about is the fact that there's no drugs in these medicines. The, the health mm-hmm. claims aren't verified. There's nothing medicinal about them. The only thing that makes them a prescription is the fact that your veterinarian has to write a prescription for it. For and you, the fact that Hills trademarked the word prescription diet. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's a part that it's obviously, this is, a, this is a huge marketing scheme, right? The targeted marketing that I was talking about where it's like they know these vets have influence over you. Um, this is what gives them the edge on their food. Because when you look at their food and you look at their formulation of these, of, and we'll look at this here shortly, of some of these prescription diets, they have almost identical formulations for half the cost in the grocery store aisle. And that's the big thing. So they just put a different label on it. They put different, you know, um, they put the prescription ZD or whatever. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're paying double for the same amount of food that you could just get at the grocery store. Yeah. Which is wild and to me. The ingredients are akin to like the lowest of grocery store foods, not yeah. even like a, a decent diet. I mean, the, the idea that we're out here pushing the lowest quality, cheapest ingredient foods on the sickest of dogs and cats is just abhorrent to me. I mean, I mean, the last thing that a sick animal needs is low quality nutrition. Yeah, I mean, I think so. The diet that I, the prescription diet that I, there's so like we talked about, there's so many of them, but I kind of wanted to zero in so on many. one that is like the most popular, one of the most popular ones, because you know I've, every dog has skin sensitivities or uh, allergies now. Uh, but the Hills Prescription Diet ZD uh, skin slash food sensitivities original flavor dry dog food formula. I mean, to your point, I'm looking, I'm looking at this their ingredient list. And the first ingredient is cornstarch. Cornstarch. Let's say they don't even try to hide it. And I don't I, think there's a single person on the entire planet that thinks cornstarch corn is nutritious. Yeah, especially when we're talking that. about our dogs. Like, I mean, uh, you know, for, for whether they're um, whether whether you think that they're omnivores or you think that they're car- carnivores, it doesn't matter, right? Like, it, it doesn't matter. And then the but second cornstarch to a horse. Yeah, so my whole point was like, there's only one ingredient that I'd probably give my own dog in this whole formulation. But like, their ingredients are as follows, cornstarch, hydrolyzed chicken liver, 
powdered cellulose, which is sawdust, soybean oil, uh, calcium carbonate, uh, dicalcium phosphate, lactic acid, potassium chloride. It's just a whole bunch of synthetics and chemicals, DL, methionine, niacine supplement, uh, zinc oxide, uh, mixed tocopherols, natural flavors, which is most likely MSG. And then the very last ingredient is beta carotene. There's other ingredients in this, but there's no, my point is like, there's no whole foods in this whole formula. There's not one whole food. And then the thing that drives me crazy, like literally, literally this keeps me up at night, specifically last night, when you do the analysis on this food and this, again, just, just to make this clear, this food is for allergies it's for sensitivities so it's this dog that we're feeding it to already has so much inflammation going on in the body and when you look at the analysis so this diet is 19 percent protein 14 percent fat four percent fiber when you take these things subtract them from 100 you get 57 so 57 percent of this diet is carbohydrates is sugar um, mm-hmm. And when we're talking about an animal that is already inflamed, you are directly feeding, you're fueling that inflammation. But you know what? That keeps you going back to the vet, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's $100 for this bag. It's almost $100 for this bag of cornstarch, which is to me is highway robbery. Well, and I'd like to ask people that are on these prescription diets, is it helping? Is it actually helping or you, do you just keep doing it because your vet told you that your dog has to be on up the rest of their life. I mean, cause I've had so many people that are like, Oh, I just, you know, Oh, he has to be on a special diet. Okay. Is it, is it working? Is your dog losing weight? Is your joints, you know, are, are the joints better? Or is mm-hmm. he less inflamed? Are the allergies healing? You know what I mean? You don't have to accept these things. It, it should be healing it. Yeah. Right? We have a, uh, my mom has a friend Not managing it. My mom has a friend that uh, has a uh, oh, Wheaton Terrier. Wheaton Terriers are they're just known for food and skin allergies, but yeah. they've um, they they have this dog on. I mean, just all kinds of food, and they refuse to feed this dog fresh food. It's like in in any other realm, if it was themselves having these issues, what would they do? They would like. I need to clean up my diet, right? I need to start eating real yeah. food. I need to start eating whole foods. Cut the sugar. Cut, cut out you know, processed carbs. Cut processed carbs. That's the first out. thing we know to do. Yeah, you know. And but when it comes to our dog, for some reason, our brain just is like, uh, it doesn't know what to do. It just switches that part off. I don't know. It, it doesn't. It, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't. I can't you spend thousands either, upon thousands of dollars on this dog. And it's like you just can't. Why don't you just try real food? You know. Um, or even just like some lightly cooked meat. Sure. You know what I mean? Nothing crazy. And, and I always yeah. tell people, I'm like, if you want to try a cooked food, there's so, 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 so many recipes out there. Yeah, there's and if the recipe is DIY recipes. Carrots, potatoes, and chicken in a crock pot. Second guess that recipe. Um, yeah. But there's so many DIY recipes out there. Yeah. Um, if you want to try doing it yourself, you know what I mean? There's I a just, book, uh, well, there's a lot of books uh, about this, but Dr. Karen Becker has one. I think it's called like Healthy Recipes for Dogs and Cats or, or something along. Don't quote me on that, but you can find mm-hmm. it on Amazon. Um, 
Another one for dogs, uh, Steve Brown, Unlocking the Ancestral Diet and Sea Spot Live Longer. Both yeah. have recipes in there. There's tons. I mean, it's it's not hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking but. at also I want to look at the ingredients and another one because a big thing that I deal with is like metabolic issues. So fat dogs, diabetic dogs, diabetic cats. Okay, so I'm looking at the Hills Prescription Diet Metabolic Chicken Flavor Dry Food, Dry Dog Food. Um, so I think it's pretty standard to know that if you want to lose weight, you should probably cut out carbs and sugars, mm-hmm. especially if there's some diabetes involved. Yeah, if you have your... Uh, we have chicken meal as the first ingredient, cool. Then whole grain wheat, whole grain corn, soybean meal run, corn gluten meal. So, what? Isn't it, what's uh, the next ingredient? Soybean meal, soybean meal, fiber. Yeah. yeah. Soybean meal, pea fiber, dried beet pulp, tomato pumice, Chicken liver flavor, not chicken liver, chicken liver flavor, pork fat. So you have a dog liver flavor that already has insulin resistance. I mean, now it's going to be off the charts. So throw some wood chips in there. Um, I just don't understand why your, your dog is overweight and is having blood glucose, diabetes issues. Not a single human in the world thinks that carbs are going to fix weight and uh, glucose issues. So it's, it's interesting because with it's, that's actually, it's, it's crazy to me because when you're talking about diabetic, like a type two diabetic, you're talking about your body already has built a resistance against insulin. So now all this sugar, instead of being able to go into the cells, it's just being coursed through the veins now and causing all kinds of uh, organ damage, all kinds of damage around the body. But <laughs> Just now so you're much. fueling that like you're i just don't understand like I, how do these how do how are they even it's not even like how do they make these claims but it's like how do how do you even feel good about selling this stuff just crazy um a synergistic blend of ingredients and nutrients yeah unique fiber from fruits and vegetables where where is it after so, is it after I salt just, no, i'm just there is uh there is carrots right before salt so maybe one percent of that whole formula is carrots. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. Uh, dried tomato pumice and dried beet pulp. Beet pulp is what they use as like candy for horses. Just to let you know. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, we used to feed it to the the reindeer at the zoo to try to get them to like be cute and as like a special little treat for them. It is not a nutritious thing. No, not for anything. Well, that's especially to be for eating meat. A dog that needs better metabolic health. Yeah. So so we tell people, you know, with overweight dogs, oh, we don't. I don't. But people are being told, add green beans, add whatever. I'm like, so you're taking a weight management food that is already mostly plants and carbs, and you're adding more plants and carbs. And so I always tell people, I'm like, just add some chicken. Even if you go out and get like the canned chicken and water. Anyway, sorry, that's just something that drives me nuts. I'm like, it's just so counterintuitive. If you were to actually think through it for a half a second for some of these, uh, kidney care dry food for cats. Mm, yeah, this is a tough one. What's the first thing you're supposed to do when you're having kidney issues? Add stone, moisture. Whatever. Drink 
tons and tons and tons and tons of water. Nobody's talked about the fact that cats can't efficiently drink water. Um, cats are biologically designed to get 70% of their water intake from their food, and yet we're prescribing a dry food to try to help cats with their kidneys because it's such a rampant issue now. And it just is so... Yeah, that's that, that, that's a tough one, too. We don't talk about cats enough on here, but they struggle the most, especially when it comes to just being able to get moisture. 70% of pet cats have or die from kidney and urinary diseases. Yeah. Blockages, stones. I mean, most cats, most cats I knew growing up, I felt like constantly had stones and crystals and, uh, tract infection, urinary tract infections. It's just like, it was just a thing. It's just like, oh yeah. Well, if you just added some moisture, it would, it would change a lot among other things, but moisture is just, you know, 24, was it 2,400 licks to get forth a cup of water? Thousands, thousands of licks Yeah, to be able to get anywhere near and so they'd be sitting over that bowl for like yeah you said like an hour um but even you know i have a cat that suffers from what we've diagnosed as like stress-related urinary tract disease yeah um and unfortunately she developed those crystals during COVID. i had a new baby it was a new house it was a really stressful time yeah and once they kind of develop it's hard to get them to stop so i've managed to do it entirely with diet but if she doesn't get like soup as her food, I just pour tons of crude carnivore broth and goat meal in there. Um, if she doesn't get that with her raw food, she'll start peeing in places. And it's just something that we've had to accept. But there's no dry food in the world that's going to fix that. I know I've been, I read a lot of quotes, but there's a kind of to tie into that. Dr. Judy Morgan has a, I guess she wrote a small article and I think it's going to be in our show notes, but just about prescription diets. But this specifically, she she wrote, I've spoken out against prescription diets for the past decade. Many are unproven and untested for the label claims they state, even though the FDA allows this illegal practice to occur. They are made using cheap, inferior ingredients with synthetic chemicals added to alter urine pH or make other changes within the body. The high prices will not be supported in the open pet food market without the requirement of veterinary prescription and the support of the veterinary community. Some veterinary practices show prescription pet food sales amounting to 20% of the annual gross revenue. This is a huge market for veterinarians. But Well, I think we need to touch on, too, the fact that a lot of these vet hospitals, Banfield, um, what's the other like big kind of chain one? They're uh, owned by these pet food manufacturers. Yeah, Mars just bought, what, 6,000 vet clinics across the United States? Yeah. Which is... And wow. so, so now they own they own the pet food, they own the veterinary clinics, they own the laboratories, they pretty much own the universities now. So it's that's why I, I always tell people like don't get it's people come and they get frustrated with their vet because they're doing these things that's not working and they're trying to get in this processed food and I'm always like it's it's really not like I I know it's easy to blame them, but when you look at their education, like it's how how would they think differently? You know what I mean? Influence. It, it is sometimes harder to think against the grain when you want to be, quote, of science. I'm a, a man yeah. of science. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a woman of science in that I know what the body is built to do. I don't need research to tell me that those teeth are not meant to chop kibble and wheat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't need a research study to tell you that. 
It is but different. If you want to chip in a couple hundred grand, I'll make one happen for you. <laughs> yeah. It's it is different. Like you look at like when I was taking my nutrition course, like they this one book about their physiology, it kept it kept reiterating the fact that dogs are carnivores. Dogs are carnivores. This is they have these teeth, they have these kind of intestines. They're the sitting in your stomach, like all these mm-hmm. things. And they kept using the word carnivore, 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 carnivore. But then when you go to the other book, the small animal clinical nutrition that was, um, you know, um, developed by Hills, it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't want to say that, but they, they do in different ways. Cause it's like, you, you can only get away from it so much. Right. Um, because it's the truth, because it's the truth, the yeah. truth to make it sound like what you want it to sound like. Yeah. I highlighted the parts that they did exactly that, you know, cause I was like, this is so, mm-hmm. it's so obvious to me, but what did John, John Mayer said something like when you own the information, you can bend it all you want. I quote John Mayer on that all the time. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard that name so in a true. long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that I mean, movie. I'm could a mid twenties blonde girl. Of course I knew John Mayer. Yeah. 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 Um, I get it. <laughs> but, but it is true though. I mean, the, the research, you can make the research say whatever you want it to say by tweaking variables. Like, yes, corn has protein and fat and carbs. Those are things that are important. Vets are basically owned and employed by food companies. You know, you, you can't be out there as a Banfield veterinarian suggesting raw food diets to your customers when your boss is hills. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's probably not going to go well. I'm not going to be over here working at, you know, Purina telling everybody to feed Steve's real food because I would probably get fired. Um, yeah, I, I think I they say. I have nothing to back this up, but I feel like I would bet that they have quotas to meet in some of those bigger hospitals that have racks and racks of food out front. Well, there's a... Um... Uh, I'm trying to think of this uh, veterinarian that was talking about how like all their education after like after college, like we already talked about how influenced they are in college, but then like when they're in their practices, the only education they're really getting on our nutrition is what's coming from these brands, right? These reps that Mm -hmm. come in and are, you know, these people don't know anything about nutrition, but they're in there. Yeah. Right. And so that's what they're getting there. You know, they're new. They're, I mean, I was a pet food sales rep. My job was to go into. Yep. I know. At least I was working for a better one. I was talking about how important meat is. I would literally go into pet stores and tell them dogs are carnivores. They need more meat. You know, whether or not I wanted them, I think I actually was still telling people raw food is superior. Um, Whether my boss knew that or not, that's a good one. But. You know, they're, they are going in. They're saying, we use chicken meal as the most, blah, blah, blah. It contains meat and bone meal, which is a great source of glucosamine. Okay, yes, because it has bones in it. It also has chicken shit and uh, probably wood chips and God knows what in there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I was watching that video by Royal Canyon where they were talking about how you should look through all of the marketing of these, you know, boutique brands and just trust science, right? We trust their science. Love chicken meal because, yeah, and they're like, um, 
What's a good point? Uh, chicken byproduct contains important things like chicken liver and heart and lots of organs that are packed with nutrition. And I'm like, you don't know what. So you, so you agree that feeding organs and liver and heart is nutritious. How much of that is even, how much of that is even available (laughs) to the pet, right? After it's been processed meal is actually those expensive organs. Have you ever bought chicken liver? It's not cheap. No. And when you talk about like all the yeah all the carcinogens like the heterocyclic amines and um, what's the other mm-hmm. one um, you know when they process these things at such high heat but yeah going back to so it's it's funny because these um, I've I've kind of gone after these um, advertisements on Instagram as we talked about last time I just can't mm-hmm. keep my uh, keyboard to myself I guess you know they they always say hey. It's not about the ingredients. It's about the formulation. And I'm like, no, it actually, it's like, it is about the ingredients. It's like, it's all about the ingredients. You know what I mean? And we were kind of going over like the the prescription diet for ZDN's cornstarch and hydrolyzed chicken liver, powdered cellulose, which is sawdust, soybean oil, and a whole bunch of chemicals after that. There's not one whole food in this whole, in this whole formulation. But then you look at something like, you compare that to say Steve's Real Food, their turkey formula which is, it's ground turkey, ground turkey bone, turkey liver, turkey hearts, broccoli, spinach, watermelon, celery, goat's milk, chia seeds, flax seed, kelp, uh, sesame seeds, New Zealand greenlit mussel, uh, salmon and coconut oil, and ground eggshell, and inulin for probiotic. Like, that's it. You know, and those are, it's all whole foods. It's all it is. Yeah. It's just like how- I love that. And I just, I love that that food is so widely available now. I just have to say that. I mean, it's, it's such a nice one. Yeah. You know, people, 90% of people don't have the time to go out and make their own food. And 90% of people are too afraid to do that, which is why I think a lot of people um, end up on kibbles and stuff because they're just too nervous to take that leap. They want to go with what feels safe. Um, it's a lot easier to say, pull out a patty, saw a patty, put it on a plate. Um and sorry, I digressed on that. I just, it's, yeah. it's so nice to have these great, and they research a ton for their foods, don't they? They do. I mean, even, and this isn't really an advertisement for Steve's. They do sponsor us, but um, <laughs> it's just a super clean food. It's super simple. That's what I yeah. always, it's always my, we when everyone comes in, they want to uh, transition to a, a fresh food diet for their pets. It's always Steve's, um, to, especially to start out with, because yeah. it's so simple. It's and only And there's a lot that foods. I like, but Steve's is what I, I chose as well for, for us, it, it's easy, you know, we're a busy family. Yeah. Um, and like they, a little bit on that. you know, and they, they, there's some people out there really against the HPP, um, high pressure processing, but Steve's took, I think yeah. three or two and a half to three years to really hone in on the process to make sure that the food wasn't being heated to make sure that the, um, the healthy bacteria, the beneficial bacteria, like to make sure there's no loss there to make sure that the enzymes were not affected. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and you can watch, you, you can go to YouTube. They have like a two hour long video about their whole process. Like it's, um, well, and that's cool. the whole marketing behind these science diet and prescription diet and everything is like trust science. Okay. I am trusting science. Thank you to independent brands that are taking the time and money to research their own foods and, and give us something that we can trust. Um, but also, I just think that using 
kind of going back to science diet and the research and everything like that and and how things are kind of swayed. Obviously, people want their foods to be tried and tested and, and researched, right? Even though 99.999% of people don't actually know what that means. And if they were to try to read some of these research articles, would not know how to read it. And that just like that kind of takes practice. I happen to have, you know, years of being able to pull apart research articles and actually understand the data. And it's hard. Um, but they see science diet and they think, cool, it's made by science. And like it literally means nothing. It means that they took a bunch of low quality ingredients and balanced them in a petri dish to resemble something that helps the dog stay alive. Well, this is what they do, right? I mean, these companies, when we look at these companies, they're all the the major companies for pet food are all the major companies that make all the candy and all the processed food here in the United States, like Nestle, mm-hmm. like Mars, like uh, Smucker's. So like all these are all the big ones and they're making pet food and they're obviously making pet food with super low quality ingredients. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you look at and you compare those two ingredient formulations and you're trying to think which one is really going to support my dog. I mean, yeah. specifically with this one, this is allergies and, and inflammation. I mean, obviously, you know, you're talking about a low, a, a non-inflammatory diet compared to an extremely inflammatory diet. It's kind of a no-brainer. But again, yeah. when, you, when your vet is saying, hey, I, I can write you a prescription for this diet. You can only get it through us. Then you're thinking, all right, this is, and you're paying $100 for that bag of, yeah. that's what, 23 pounds or something like that, which is insane, yeah. for, especially for what it is, like I said. But when that is happening, it's kind of like um, like me, which is when as I go much buy as you're wine. you're going to pay for a decent raw food. I just want yeah. to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The that's amount what I tell that you're people. paying for these horrible, horrible, super low quality prescription diets. And now I'm not like bashing all that. I understand that some pet owners have gotten so desperate. Their dogs are so sick and that prescription diet worked as a bandaid. Uh, I don't want to shame anybody for feeding that. I just want you to rethink a little bit. That's like Is what it helping? Food, like I said, Is what it food actually were you feeding your dog? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I used a little bit of that prescription canned food for Marnie when she was, like I said, she was miserable. There was, she was peeing literally blood. And I used it just in the meantime when I could go out and get some apple cider vinegar to make a like more acidic broth to, you know, balance out her urine to um, save up a little bit of money to buy a big case of raw food. You know what I mean? And yeah. I used what I needed, you know, I used what I had to kind of band-aid fix. I'm not sure that it helped at all. Um, I think I actually, you know, was given some, like, a discount. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try it just to help her. Because I was desperate. I felt horrible for my sure. cat. But as soon as I could get her started on a different food that, you know, I worked with my knowledge and I, I used the, you know, great wide world of the Internet and all of those, you know, veterinary, holistic veterinary resources to formulate something for her at home that was doing basically what this prescription diet was, but 10 times better. You know, I balanced right. the pH and I increased her moisture intake. Well, it's not just a baby. And You're supporting her whole body, right? That's that's the big thing. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Okay. So I, I, I used it to help mute the symptoms a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then I could go back around and heal the source of it. 
Okay. And this is something that's stress related. She's always been a cat that's had that. And so it's something that she's probably going to deal with for the rest of her life. But I use Austin and cat, their feline formula CBD, which actually oh, has nice. yeah. cranberry in it. And she like shout out to uh, Austin cat for Instagram messaging me, telling me to try it because that shit has been the best. Right. That yeah, that's awesome. Has been I didn't know they had done amazing that. for her. Look at yes, you. You're such a little has, influencer. A, I know. Um, and well, it's cool cause I have all these resources now. So I'm like, now I have all these cats. Cause before I was doing like the super snouts, cranberry powder and a CBD and the apple cider vinegar. And that at least, you know, kind of nicely ties it on one. It makes her a little loopy. So she's less mad at me all the time because mm, nice. she's like blind and just really yeah. anxious. And, um, so that works really well for her. And then, you know, using the vital essentials and the Steve's raw food and a mix for her. And then, like I said, I douse everything in goat's milk and the crude carver bone broth. And there's so many things out there that I can just walk into your store, grab off a shelf and go home and scoop. You know what I mean? I'm sitting there spending 30, 40 minutes to try to help my cat stop pee blood. I literally scoop a little bit of this, scoop a little bit of that, squeeze some of that on top and we're good to go. And you can start and small. it's completely, yeah. And if I stopped doing that, like there was a little bit where I was out of town and, and she was on just like our base mix and she started back up again. Yeah. So I know as a fact that what I'm doing with the diet is, is managing and helping her feel better. Yep. And that's a good point. So, when you do things kind of holistically, like instead of doing the prescription diet, but doing things like just feeding a fresh food diet, sometimes it takes, um, it's, it's not something that happens overnight. You know what I mean? No. Um, I'm not and saying, we like that, right? We yeah. like that quick Band-Aid fix. We like the Apoquil because Western it makes society. the yep. go away. Um, it, it doesn't like that in the body, though. You know, sometimes you have to recalibrate the system. So, yes, that prescription food might be muting your animal's symptoms, um, but that doesn't mean that you are off, you know, scotch clean. You have to kind of go back and still reboot the gut while well, yeah, you're I mean, like, look eating at those allergies and all the sugar and all the chemicals and the synthetics and the uh, yeah. carcinogens and uh, I mean all these are contaminated with glyphosate or um, and aflatoxins. Yeah. And it's just like you're not supporting them. You're just you're causing you're going to cause something else. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're yeah, you might mute the issue but you're going to be causing some other issues and then you'll move on to another I like prescription the word diet. mute for it. I like yeah, the word, word mute because you know very clearly when you mute your TV, the sound is still there. The people on the TV are still talking. You just like can't hear it. Yeah. Okay. So when you mute your dog's allergies with uh, Apoquil or with some kind of allergy prescription diet, which honestly, tell me if it works for your dog because I've never heard of somebody that it actually works for. Um, the issue is still there. The immune response is still there, just wreaking havoc in different ways. So you need to heal the gut. You need to, you know, reduce the inflammatory load on the body or else it's still just in there wreaking havoc in different ways. You might just not see it. And that's when it gets dangerous, I think, because sometimes you have to avoid taking the medicine to know what the symptom is and whether it's getting better or worse. And if you just get rid of the symptom, then you have no idea. Yeah. And, um, just to kind of close, like, thanks for coming to my TED talk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, I think just, you know, I think it can also be hard for people to get off these diets. So I think um, just as like a closing um, statement, like, you know, finding the right vet, I think is really important. And I'm mm-hmm. we, we talked about this before, but 
I'm someone that really promotes being honest to your vet. My vets know exactly what I'm feeding, what supplements they want to know. And, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes they even like, oh, what's that? And like question, you know, question it because they want to learn more about it, which is fantastic. You know, even the vet techs yeah. would do the same thing. And I'm like, this is really cool um, that everyone has that kind of access to, to yeah that kind of clinic Knowledge. or that kind of vet. But um I, I, if your vet, if you're telling your vet you're feeding fresh food and they're giving you a hard time, I mean that you just, it's simple. Just walk out. Um, and yeah, we were driving for years. We were driving two hours to Pittsburgh from Medina, which is like Southwest of Cleveland. Uh-huh. We we're driving two hours to Pittsburgh to go to a specific vet because there was not that access around us. And again, not everybody has that option, yeah. but there are vets that you can talk to until you find the right one that's willing to actually think twice. I mean, there's so many vets that I personally have been to in a pinch. Yeah. There's that um, don't ask those questions. They look at them and tell me what to, what pill to give my dog. There's, um, the, the podcast you were talking about before she has Dr. Oh, Dr. Judy Jasek. She does like mm-hmm. a tele, tele, tele doctor. Kind a of lot thing, of them do now, which Just is really because, neat. And, and, it's nice because they do that specifically because it's hard to find people like them mm-hmm. uh, who have kind of rebelled against, you know, the system and gone out and educated themselves and they want to make themselves more widely available to dogs. Cause it is frustrating. And I've talked to many of these vets frustrating to them that they are only one person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, like I said, I hope this book, I hope this forever dog really starts. I mean, there is a whole movement yeah. right now, a whole and this podcast, revolution. Even afoot. having Dr. Carlson on here is huge. Yeah, just knowing that there's someone that's you know been educated in the veterinarian world that is very. I wonder, do they still have? Uh, there's there was a podcast by um, called Conversations with Veterinarians, which was extremely eye-opening when it came to nutrition and. Oh yeah, it was by uh, what's his name? Doctor Doug. Doctor Doug Knuven, I believe is how you say his last name. He actually went to Ohio State. Go Bucks! Yeah. He uh, yeah, it's, it's just interesting, and I don't want to go. Maybe we we'll talk about it next time, but great, great podcast to listen to. But I don't know what they did with that. I don't know if it's still on Spotify or not. But the points that we wanted to make today was that these these prescription diets, the reason why they're prescription diets, the only reason why they're prescription diets is because. It's a marketing scheme. They know that if it, it the vet has to write a prescription for that for that food, then it makes it a prescription diet. But there's no medicine in there. There's the cl- the health claims that they're making. I mean, there's a huge lawsuit right now going on about that because they're they're not. I think it's backed. dangerous. It's not the FDA is not approving these these health claims, and so just because yeah. it's don't think that because you feed this diet that it's going to heal anything, and it's definitely not supporting the whole body. And I said there's a and I would. I would guess that there's a very low percentage um, or a low chance, I should say, that this will actually help your dog with whatever issue they're having. Just looking at their, just looking yeah. at their formulation and their ingredients. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. When Anthony and I say food is medicine, we don't mean that. That's not. <laughs> not like that. Yep. <laughs> not like that. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat. In order to give your pets the very best, you need to feed them a complete and balanced diet, like Northwest Naturals. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. 
Their ingredients suppliers are carefully chosen for their dedication to quality and safety practices and sustainable farming activities. They combine all those healthy ingredients, adding natural vitamins and minerals to provide the very best nutrition for your cat or dog. Their recipes follow recommendations from the American Federation of Feed Control Officials, or AFCO, so that each is complete and balanced. In order to keep their products free from bad bacteria and pathogens like salmonella, E. coli, and listeria, they use high-pressure processing, or HPP. HPP is extremely safe and has been used extensively in the human food industry for many years. Northwest Naturals is able to keep prices down and overhead costs low since they produce all of their products from beginning to end. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. We have a couple customer questions too that I want to make yeah. time for. This is from uh, one of our customers, um, Summer. She says, as a raw feeder, I often clean my countertops and the floor where my dog platter was. She uses the mine platter, which is great. A lot mm-hmm. of times she eats directly off the floor because I give her beef knuckle, bones, duck necks, uh, etc., and she carries it off to eat it. I recently became worried that she's likely ingesting a lot of the cleaning products that I use to clean. Do you have suggestions for safe cleaning product brands or at least things to look for slash look out for when buying cleaning supplies? Yeah. So this is a good question for you because you, uh, as you say, you handle a lot of meat. So I am the the meat queen. Um, So just a a quick note on that. I love that she asked this. I love that she's thinking about that because we don't really, a lot of people, I do, but a lot of people don't think about the things that their pets are ingesting if you mop your floor with uh what's that swiffer wet jet stuff yeah your dog then walks along is basically wiping it up with their paws and then directly ingesting it there was a big issue for a while a lot of dogs and cats were getting really sick from swiffer wet jet stuff oh Same really i did breeze. not i did not know that but it yeah. always leaves such a film i remember using that stuff in college it was and making it would dogs use a film. Like really sick okay yeah yeah, it was making dogs really sick. Um, same with Febreze. Same, they're finding like with tem- or, uh, candles even when it burns that residue up, then it settles on the surfaces. Our pets mm-hmm. walk around and our pets are licking their feet. Um, so I love that she's thinking about that because it is really important. And we're finding, I say we are, they are finding really high concentrations of these chemicals in our dogs. And especially even in our kids, you know, I'm not going to go around licking my hand on a daily basis, but my kid always has hands in his mouth, right? For sure. So there are a lot of really simple ways to um, clean naturally. You can just do, I use like white vinegar. Um, you can make a spray with it. What I don't, What's the concentration it's, it's that you use, one part. It's one part water to one part distilled vinegar, I believe. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, yeah, and you can add 50-50. you can yeah 50 50 you can add like some essential oils and things like that i believe but you don't need to vinegar I mean, is vinegar vinegar is vinegar um, and it smells at first but it dissipates. it wears off very quickly yep. for myself for my floors um i honestly just put vinegar down let it soak a little bit wash it around and then you know kind of soak it up and rinse it off but i also am working in you know an area where i can pour it down directly 
and then hose it off. Um, for inside, you can make a mop bucket 50-50 um, or use spray bottles. And you're going to find across the board, if you look on you know, more natural uh, blogs or, or forums, that is a really, really, really common one. And white vinegar is cheap. You can get like a yeah. gallon or two of it for like yeah. a couple bucks. Yeah. Um, so that's a really big one. I use white vinegar on all of my floors. And then if I'm going through um, something where I know that there's a lot of um, potential for bacterial contamination, you know, anything that's like, I deal with a lot of raw meat and I don't want to take that chance for my customers. Um, you can also use food grade hydrogen peroxide is a really, really good one. Um, I use peroxide myself. Um, for any kind of disease, not disease, but like, you know, if you get bumps in your mouth or, you know, canker sores or anything like that, it's awesome for that. And hydrogen peroxide is a really, really wonderful cleaner. It doesn't have a smell. Um, it doesn't have, you know, any color or anything that stains. I wouldn't necessarily put it on your clothes because um, it can be bleaching. But as far as surfaces go, hydrogen peroxide is a really wonderful one to use for that. Um, and you can find formulations to be able to make sprays and cleaners online. And then if you really want to make sure that you are totally cleaning everything up, and I do this about once a week inside um, and like with our bowls and stuff, I use the seventh generation antiviral. So it's like the Clorox of more natural products. And seventh generation isn't perfect. Um, a lot of people have a lot of opinions on it. But compared to a Clorox or a Lysol, it's so much better. They use mostly all um, plant-based and natural products, and I feel really good about using it. Um, again, there are residues. They say that you can just spray it down and not have to rinse it off. I'll spray it down, leave it for like 15 to 30 seconds at least to let it really work on all those bacteria. And I spray it down heavy. Because I'm doing a deep clean, I'm doing a deep clean. Yeah. And then um, I will rinse a couple times and wipe with water to make sure we're getting those residues off. So um, those are just a few of my favorite options. And like I said, I deal with, you know, a lot of potential for bacterial contamination. And those are pretty much accepted across the board as successful. My favorite thing is just pretending like it never happened and then not having to clean Yeah, it. well, I certainly... <laughs> I don't kidding. like wipe my floors where my dog is eating, but we, you know, mop every now and then. And then if she makes a big mess, I'll spray down some of that seventh generation or the vinegar water and then just mop the area. Yeah. So I, uh, this also kind of brings up a, a good point too, because I, I get this a lot. And dishwashing like a, your bowls is pretty easy. Yeah. Make sure there's no slime. The when that slime builds up on your water bowl, you better be washing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, That's where that bacteria loves to live. Yeah. The biofilm. Um, it brings up another good point too about just like with knuckle bones and, and turkey necks where it kind of at the time of the year where people are giving them to their dogs outside. I just be, mm -hmm. um, I see we're also at the time of the year where I'm starting to see these little white flags in everyone's yard that they just recently sprayed and don't let kids or pets on. Uh, so just make it, you know, I wouldn't let your dog out on the lawn after they sprayed that stuff. Um, it's they found, firsthand. They found messed yeah. up my dog so i just be very cautious there's some really cool companies out there that don't use those harsh chemicals on a lawn a lot of them have proven like so 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 many more proof in that than there is in this dcm case right of those sorts of chemicals and fertilizers 
causing a lymphoma in dogs. Yeah. Yes. Huge. Thank and all you. kinds of gut um, issues as well. I mean, it's, um, it ain't pretty. Yeah. Well, that's, it's, it's not good. So that's another thing they're finding. And I think I talked about this before, but they're finding massive amounts of contamination in kids, especially, um, and in pets, cause they're going out there, they're trudging through the grass and they are slurping it right up off their little paws. Yeah. So it's just something, something else to be cautious of, um, uh, if you're feeding outside. Just to make sure there's, and like yeah. I said, there's some cool companies. There's one around here. I can't, I don't, nature or something. And every lawn that I see that uses this company looks really good. So there's something to be said there. All right. So that or answers. Or say that? screw your lawn and go my way and go to the farm route. All, all natural. Is that an option? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, the other one was uh, Jayco and Gunner. Gunner has been having some issues uh kind of stress issues separation um, anxiety separation right? anxiety to a point where he's kind of tearing off his nails so i think is when he's left mm-hmm. home in his crate and she really wants to help him but wants a more natural way than like drugging him or you know using prescription pills to kind of knock yeah him out. well i think that um the number one thing in this is be aware of your breed requirements um, you know, if you're going to get sporting breed dogs, be prepared to be sporting with them. Um, you know, you can't get a, a cattle dog and crate him for eight hours a day and then take him on a, a 20, 30 minute walk and, and hope that that's going to do it. Um, providing sensory enrichment on top of exercise is really going to help. Um, snuffle mat, licky mat, frozen toys and different varieties. These dogs are smart, smart, smart. Um, and when they have all that pent up energy, it's going to manifest in bad behaviors, chewing drywall, anxiety, um, OCD is really big in like border collies, um, like light chasing and things like that. Um, so I would say first step, try to increase your exercise, increase the mental exercise and switch up the routine a little bit. You know, dogs get bored just like we do. Um, I like to, I don't always feed on the pet platter. Sometimes I'll feed it on a plate. Sometimes I feed it in a bowl, even if it's not that exciting. You know what I mean? Switching things up a little bit. Um, And giving big, chewy bones. Um, I love the knuckle bones specifically because you can feed it and freeze it and feed it and freeze it. And there's so many different facets of them, you know, for them to chew on with it. Um, Chewing directly releases endorphins. Yeah, they're not getting too much off of those things. They're just like working their all their teeth, mm-hmm. all their jaw muscles, their neck. The Mozzie pulls uses his arms to pull the sinew off. Like it's it's a yeah. it's like a full body workout for them. But it is. Um, they're also not getting like a I whole said, lot from it. Like as far as like they're not getting like it's not like a, a turkey neck where they're eating the whole thing. You know what I mean? And um, I and I happen to know these dogs specifically, and most sporting breed dogs. They can deal with a couple more calories. It's all right. If you're feeding something sure. like that and your dog does have weight management issues, easy. Just feed a little bit less that day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if you do a kibble, do a slightly less than a scoop. Um, for Belle, I'll just like skip her eggs for that week, you know, or something like that. Um, I don't remember how so, old. I don't remember how. I know they're young. I don't know if they're still. They're young. I was going to say, I mean. The the next option, I guess, you could always, you know, you try all these things and they're not working. You could always try, you know, I definitely always recommend the Austin and Cat, No More Wiggles. 
Um, but I always like to try mm-hmm. these these more natural ways, like you had just laid out. Well, and that was first. my next suggestion was I love the Austin Cat. I've personally seen the results with that one. Um, there's lots of different CBDs and lots of different delivery methods out there. If you need something that, like, it's unavoidable, you can't take him to the park that day, and you just know that he's going to have to be in a crate because um, I believe she's still in school, it's unavoidable. You know, it's not your fault for being in school. Um, it's a great something to do in a pinch. Bell has car anxiety. We use um, CBD because we want to take her up to the lake where we know she loves it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta do that. Yeah. I mean, this, these, this understand that a lot of people love trazodone and stuff like that these days because it's that nice fix. And a lot of times it's, it's a desperation thing. I've seen a lot of people that try a lot of methods and they end up on trazodone. Um, I've seen people try trazodone and their dogs were aggressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just want to say she's suggest going through that. She is a, um, she has, uh, two Britneys, uh, so they're you know bird hunting dogs. But she is just like uh, she's a fantastic dog owner. She she does a lot with these dogs yeah. and she feeds them really well and uh, she takes really really good care of them. Sometimes it's just yeah. these breeds are you know some of them are just hard you know and um they're probably really lucky that they have her as an owner compared to some other people. Yeah, um, I know a so, lot of people that end up with <clears throat> kettle dogs and stuff and just have no idea what they're getting into. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there is there's a lot of different ways out there to try enrichment. Even just um, one of my favorites is rolling up some high, um, something with a lot of smell, in a towel, and then tying the towel in a knot. Um, that's a really fun one. Scatter feeding, um, just like on a nice day, throwing the you know treats or, or some food, yeah, something out in the yard. These dogs have killer killer senses all of them do um but hunting and and working breeds specifically that's a really easy fun one um they get exercise they get that sensory enrichment just making sure you're covering the bases of the the, the enrichment is really going to help and keep yeah. it fresh i think that's the first thing you do and then um definitely uh if it gets to it you could always try some cbd i just want to say if you're going to do cbd yeah. Make sure you know where it's from, who's making it. Make sure it's really well sourced, super clean. Austin Cat is a really awesome company I'd recommend. Don't um, buy CBD from a gas station. Don't buy it from a gas station. And um, make sure you do it, you're feeding it on an empty stomach, away from food, away from feeding time, or else the food will just absorb it. Um, and allow about 45 minutes to an hour for it to set in. So don't give it to them right when you yeah. leave. Feed it to them like an hour before you leave. And on top of that, switching up a little bit, sometimes just switching up where the crates are located, how the crate is laid out, try a different kind of crate, um, things like that. You know, sometimes what worked before isn't going to work now. I think yeah. that uh, concludes. Well, it was great talking to you, Anthony. Until next time. Till next time. It's always a pleasure. Keep up the good fight. Yeah, you as well. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.